Welcome to the Beyond Infinite Podcast. This is episode number one. Uh, this is a podcast where we take you, we discuss the high level, everything high level snap to the highest rank and beyond, meaning uh, updates that we get, future cards, future locations, um, everything exciting, maybe some drama here and there, you know? Um, yeah, we cover basically everything. It's not just, it's not just high level Marvel Snap, but it's everything and beyond. With your boy D Money, and I have the amazing It's Guest Gaming with me today. Hello, hello. Welcome Thank guest. you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, to say the least. I'm excited to do this because it's been a couple months since I've been on a podcast, and I love doing podcasts. I think it's great to just have an open conversation because, I mean, you know, it's one thing to stream and talk to chat, but it's another thing to talk to a, another human being, especially someone who's incredibly passionate about the game as well. So I'm excited to honestly talk to you about some of these topics in particular, because we are on very different uh, scales of you, what we'll call the infinite uh, journey. So I'm excited for that. So thank you for having me. Yeah, no, I, I know they used to, uh, you used to have the podcast, used to run a podcast with Default Dan, and I just want to let you know yep. that I'm not going to be as soft as Default Dan, all right? I'm going to fight you. I'm going to fight you a bit on these topics. Thank I want, I want some God. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, because, look, and for, for those who do not know, especially if you're an audio listener and you see that, you know, you were following the, what was the Snapback podcast, and now here's D-Money and Guest, and what's this new thing that's popping up in my Spotify or Apple? The Snapback podcast has been retired. It just, it is what it is. Default Dan and I have been talking about it for a little while. We were looking at a transition maybe, but the holiday break just happened. He's moving on to other content. And I said, okay, well, that's fine. He's still my boy. I still love Default Dan. I cannot wait to see him again. Hopefully there'll be another SnapCon in Tampa where maybe we'll be able to go down there and hang out again once, once more. But no matter what, the show must go on. So the fact that we are now moving on is proof that there is still passion behind this game, this following, and I'm excited to be here with you for it to talk Snap because I haven't talked Snap like this, like this in months. Yeah, very passionate about this game. We both are. A lot of people are passionate about this game, and that's one of the most amazing things about the community is how uh, everybody is really just... They believe in Marvel Snap yeah. and are excited for the future. Of course, there's going to be some bumps in the road. There always are, but... Yeah. And in the end, the community always comes together and is, uh, yeah, pushing towards better things in the future. Yeah, I hope so. Um, Are you ready to push? <laughs> ready to push. We have some awesome topics for you guys today. Um, starting with the patch that just happened in Marvel Snap. Uh, we had a few things change. Uh, we had, we had. Uh, I, I think the the most the the standout cards that were changed were probably um, a Nihilus moving only uh, moving and destroying only zero below zero. Yeah, uh, power cards, um, which is a big change. We also have, uh, like, especially with the debris package, um, and then we also have the Miss Marvel change. So now you have to have two cards for Miss Marvel to actually buff on that other location. And then we also have, and I think she also lost one power on herself. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I haven't even attempted to play her after that change, but I'm sure I'm sure she's still alright. Yeah, and then they, we, they also yeah. we also have the quake change. We also have the quake. Big. That's a big one. Quake has been unfair fun. I have thoroughly enjoyed using a different level of control and having her at two cost for that to follow up on as another like combo package on turn six or sorry, turn five, I should say. That has been a lot of fun. I've been doing a lot of storm quaking and tweaking out a couple of ideas through there. So get the false lockdown lane, go ahead and flood yeah. and then do it at the last second. That's been really fun. That's been really, really fun. It's like literally a two energy legion. I don't yeah. know to me now. <laughs> it's so yeah. it's so crazy, um, but it doesn't feel like so oppressive so far, I guess. Uh, maybe. I mean, I haven't really had eight cubes like I haven't lost eight cubes to it yet. Like, I, I guess my opponents might think it's a little uh, not cool, but um, so far I've just been enjoying it. And I, I love seeing cards like get a, a new light 
uh, sh- shine, sh- shine, shine, shine. New light shone down upon them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, exactly. I, will, I will feed you here, but I, I do want to ask you something though, because she's basically now the, I guess we call it the more correct replacement for Scarlet Witch. So do they think they should relook at how Scarlet Witch works? Or because like, if you're choosing between Scarlet Witch and Quake now, to me, there's no question you go Quake. Um, yeah, that's fair. I mean, the thing with, I feel like a lot of people are playing Magic nowadays. Ever since ever since Magic was changed to three costs, um, I believe like a lot, it's, it's a pretty popular card now. So I still do feel like you need some kind of location changer and Quake doesn't change the actual locations. So I still think Scarlet Witch is pretty good. Um, and I actually like running, I actually like the idea of running Scarlet Witch with quake because then you give yourself a little mm. more options for switching those locations up or like thanos i think thanos is really good with the two because you have the reality stone uh to change a location um so i do think maybe quake is maybe quake could come down to like a two two like that's how strong the ability is now i'm not yeah, sure but i agree um I, t- I still think scarlet witch is 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 totally necessary it would be interesting, though, to think of now with this Quake Synergy, because they're talking about it, because for those who do not know, uh, we are recording this live on D-Money's Twitch channel. So if you want to see the episode happen as it happens, you can come join the live streams for that. But I, I will say it does make an interesting C3 package because they're talking about it in the chat and thinking about it with Storm and even maybe just run all of the location cards. You could build like a location focused C3 <laughs> the same way you would then Valk it at the end afterwards. You could do the same thing. So I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. C3 getting a really good card added into the mix there. Yeah. Um, and C3 does always like struggle with locations. So having those like Cerebro decks in general will struggle with locations, kind of messing them up. So uh, another card to mess around with the locations. And then, of course, Luke Cage is now a three-power card as well. So mm-hmm. that does do well. Like, C3 is looking pretty strong, not going to lie. And it's always, yeah. honestly, pretty strong. It's just, uh, like, it does have access. I feel like it's getting more and more access to uh, tech cards that can disrupt your opponent, kind of like how C2 is also getting access to, like, these cards like Echo and stuff yeah. like that. So I think Cerebro is getting into a decent... Decent spot again. Yeah. Maybe we see Cerebro somehow climb into the upper echelons right now and take over some of these mega decks, you know, the Blob Thanos and the Annihilus package and these, you know, I mean, granted, Annihilus has taken a little bit of a step down, but it is worth bringing back because you, you mentioned it earlier with Annihilus in particular and Debris. Does Debris have any use anymore? <laughs> because you had something <laughs> with that. Yeah. I mean, now now you have to, like, add the hazmat in there. So you have to yeah. put the rocks on and then hazmat them and then send it over. And, uh, yeah, it just becomes a puzzle that probably has too many pieces in it. So, yeah. yeah I'll I, agree I, with you. Nihilus is in kind of an iffy spot. I feel like the debris package wasn't even maybe the best package in it. But, um, like, people before the patch, they were running, uh, they were running a Nihilus along with just, like, the hood and sentry and just like a kind of like a good cards deck yeah. and then like if i if i send it over cool but i have like other ways like i have maybe a viper maybe a cosmo to to help my sentry and then if i get the annihilus off good but like i have other cards that will it, it's just not fully centered around the junk package and i feel like that's the uh that's the direction that the deck is probably still going to go at this point yeah i think it hurts it a little bit but more often than not i wasn't looking to send over rocks on five That's not how I would play the deck. It's not how most people are playing the deck. It's look, you had hood. You got a void that you can send on over there. That's really all you need. You get a bonus Celine if you really want to go super annoying, but not even really necessary, to be honest. I think you just need the trio more often than not. Heck, even the duo. But debris is now, in my opinion, a completely useless card because you had some use for it now. But a Nihilus at 5-6 only sending around those negatives. I think it just is more refining the fact that Annihilus is not a deck. Annihilus is a package. It's something that you include yeah. in with a Darkhawk package or it's you get the idea. Totally agree. Yeah. 
And that's for now, though. We never know what the future cards could hold. Hey, we might get some support. Um, I feel like the Viper change definitely hit that deck really hard as well. She got um, smacked. Dude. Yeah, that that deck was like that deck seemed like decent. It didn't even seem like so great. Um, but then, yeah, they they really they just keep hitting it. And uh, yeah, junk decks are in shambles. I, I understand why they're hitting it, though. I think I feel like they touched on it when they uh, when they discussed the Viper change, like along with Havoc. Uh, the fact that like they yeah, they, they changed Viper mainly. They, they said they mainly changed it for for Havoc for the Havoc uh, combo there. Um, and then they also hit Black Widow as well. They, they hit a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think it's basically because like they don't want like this uninteractive gameplay where you just don't get to play cards. And that's. A common theme in Marvel Snap is that we have these cards like Leader yeah. and Eliath, and now uh, we have this junk package where it's like now all my 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 locations are filled up. I can't even play my cards. Like this game sucks. Like they just they just don't want people to. They just the whole idea behind games is having people wanting to play them. And yeah, uh, yeah they definitely want to make sure that they people get to play their cards as much as possible. I think that's that's the reason. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. It could be worse. It could be better. But I mean, out of everything that happened in the patch, I still think that Quake was the biggest shakeup. But Ms. Marvel, I've I've messed around with the new Ms. Marvel. It doesn't really feel that different to me. The only thing that felt different was Professor X synergy. But yeah. any other shell, it's completely fine. And then it's like they added in random changes just to say, hey, look, we did something like Dracula, like dracula gets a power yeah. congratulations <laughs> why i don't know but you get a power just because you do angel great your deck thinner but destroy doesn't need you like there's i i've i tried building an angel deck and i just kept losing ranks oh. i'm like this is just <laughs> I, I want my nico or my nova or my wolverine or i want all those other cards back like it doesn't make it better sadly yeah, I mean, I like that they're making some small changes here and there, though, because, I mean, especially to cards that are kind of unplayable like Angel, so maybe it can have some kind of potential moving forward in some kind of deck that I don't see myself yet. But, um, yeah, the Dracula change was also a little weird, like you said. It was kind of like a buff and a nerf. Like, sometimes it's a buff and sometimes it's a nerf, which is kind of interesting, like, depending on the locations and the random shenanigans that happen in a game. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I think a lot of people are in agreement that Quake was the big winner, and a lot of people are also saying that Quake was the new card that was released this this week instead oh, yeah. of Hercules. <laughs> Quake Quake is definitely more impactful than Hercules, in my opinion, because Hercules, who we should we should just talk about Hercules at this point, but like Hercules was, I know it, it's <laughs> me feeding into the segue. Um, I think that Hercules was an okay card. And I've literally seen only one use for him where I was like, that's cool. And that's it. Like, it's a storm lockout play that fed into Kingpin. And I searched out this deck because I took the screenshot. I still won the game because I was playing Sheenot. But watching the final turn interaction of the locked down flooded lane from Storm and then Herc is in there. So cards couldn't move in and then it kicked it out back into the Kingpin lane. So then it lost power. It was just... It was absolutely wild. And that was the only time I ever looked at Hercules and said. This might have something here. It was I have the deck up on the screen for the, the video podcast because I sought it out because I wanted to see what this was. And it's cool. But there's just a billion things that are better. And Hercules is just better in sorry, everything is better than Hercules. Well, not everything, but most things are better than Hercules at four six. Cool card at another cost, though yeah um hercules i've i've been i still try i'm still trying to make him work it's uh i played him for two days so far and that's one more day than most people played him for this is a so fact. i'm proud of that and uh <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it seems like yeah the card needs to be three energy or else it's just like like four energy for what he does um it's just way too much because he he just requires so much setup like you said like yeah you had to do like a storm and then a kingpin and then he kind of like then he was kind of good like then you then yeah. you could maybe do it um but like yeah i i feel like you need to have craven on one location you have to have kingpin on another one 
and then Hercules has to be on one of those locations as well. And then you try to like bounce it back and forth, but then it's yeah. also not guaranteed to bounce to the one that you want it to because it can go mm-hmm. uh, to the other location, the third location. Um, it's just random. So, uh, yeah. yeah, like maybe if it sent it back to the same one that it came from, maybe that could be a little better. But uh, yeah, I like if you if you don't have Zabu down, so then so then you need Zabu to make him three. So now you need so now you need Kingpin, Craven, Zabu, Hercules, and then you need move cards to actually like it's it's so yeah. bad, it's yeah. so freaking bad. And that's <laughs> and that's just because move in general feeds into the idea of multiple cards. It's one thing to have Heimdall because it's literally moving multiple cards at one time. It's another thing when you're trying to create these intricate synergies, when you've got to drop four cost to do that. To me, that's not enough. Sorry, that's too much. It's not feeding into what move decks want to do, which is a two thing, which does a little thing. And then a three cost thing, which is another little thing. It's just you're you're weaving together this giant quilt of movement. And Hercules says, I move things, but I'm expensive. There's no purpose. It's like (laughs) Spider-Man 2099. Like no Uh. one runs Spider-Man 2099 for the same reason. I tried with Hercules to do a Zabu move hybrid deck. And I fed in Stagron, Hercules and 2099. And it's an absolute waste of time. There's no reason for it whatsoever. Yeah, um, my best use case for Hercules is like in a Phoenix Force deck. That's that's the one that I've been having like minor success with and usually hercules does not feel necessary at all and doesn't really help like sometimes very rarely he will do something yeah and that's kind of a that's kind of a theme that we've seen with marvel snap uh in the past is that these a lot of series five cards uh are sometimes really good but most of the time pretty awful um, like they usually release a lot of like tech cards, which are very situational cards, mm-hmm. and you have to spend six thousand tokens on a tech card. Yeah, it's really hard to justify uh, buying Hercules at this point. I would. The only reason, like, to get Hercules is because you think he's gonna get buffed because he has to get buffed. I don't yeah. know. Like they buffed they buffed Lady Deathstrike in the past, so I feel like, I mean, Hercules could see something soon. I think Herc does. I think. Herc is going to drop. And the way that we're all having this visceral reaction to the card is exactly like Lady Deathstrike. It's the, hey, listen, we want this to be good. It's it's yeah. got a cool, unique mechanic. Like the other synergy I saw with it was with Human Torch. Very cool, exciting synergy to get that Human Torch every turn after Hercules is down to double ramp, double ramp, double ramp. That's very cool. But outside of that, it just... I I cry thinking about the spotlight keys that I used on this card. Yeah. I can't get them back. (laughs) I want them back. I can't get them back. But Herc, (laughs) Herc, Herc was fun for like the first three games. And then you realize, wow, I'm still losing. Can I go back to my Scar deck? You know, like just because like, <laughs> Scar is definitely better than Hercules, in my opinion, in this case. Yeah, Hercules is just uh, he's in a rough spot, but uh, hey, he's still very new. Anything could happen. Maybe maybe we just haven't we just haven't tried everything yet. All right. Maybe there's some secret sauce that uh, is delicious. I don't know. I'll, wait. Uh, but we- <laughs> I'll, I'll gladly wait. If anyone wants to serve that, please put that into a comment somewhere. YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening or watching this. Let us know, because as of right now, neither of us are sold on Hercules. Yep. Uh, but we also have a uh, so along with the drop of the new car, we also have a new location that just dropped in Marvel Snap. It was just the featured location. It's called Great Portal. And uh, it is add a random card with 10 or more power to your hand. So it adds it to each each player's hand when it comes up. And uh, yeah, just like a little bit of wackiness this week for Marvel Snap. Um, Usually, but it wasn't really like a toxic location to me, at least like usually like sometimes there will be these feature locations that are just like kind of unbearable to play for like a, an extended a period of time. But great portal yeah. just added like some excitement and it could even be like a four cost or a five cost as long as it just has 10 or more power. Um, yeah, it just adds a little 
little switch up to the game. I kind of liked it. You know who I did like during the featured location? And it's the first time I've ever enjoyed the card ever. Morph. Morph was yes. awesome during this <laughs> as a featured location. And it was worth playing into to pull out that Doc Ock or that Magneto. OK, for three costs. Sure, I'll take that any day of the week. But like it's probably the only time I'm going to enjoy playing Morph is when this comes back as a featured location some other day. So remember it. It'll happen again eventually someday. But I mean, <laughs> I, like I said, I play Scar decks and I, I've been enjoying them. So this was nice to have as just another option, especially when it gave me Scar. I'm like. OK, I'll take it. It's OK. Yeah, for sure. Definitely a good time to uh, to play those kind of cards in your deck. I didn't even play those cards. And I, st I still had fun. Yeah, um, honestly. I mean, you could also just run Shang-Chi and call it a day um, and kill whatever the <laughs> whatever 10 power card they put down. Facts are um, down. But they, they were had. <laughs> yeah, um, pretty cool location. Um, but yeah, it, it was featured for a bit and now it's just going to be in the regular ro rotation. So I mean, sometimes it'll feel like it's featured because of location batching uh, conspiracy. So, uh, like, you might get it. Hey, you might get it multiple games back to back, yeah. you know, and then <laughs> I mean, I, I got to give got to give props where props are due after listening through all of the math of is it actually like confirmation bias or not? Shout out to KM Best on breaking down well. all of that math and figuring out that it's about a eight to 10 percent chance that you're just going to get one of those locations again, back to back games every single game. So one in 10 games, you're going to have locations back to back. So it's not confirmation bias. It's just you play too much damn Marvel snap. That's, that's probably us. true. So, yeah. Yes, I, I did watch the video and I I understand the math, but I st I don't know. Still, I sometimes it's it's a little too coincidental you know that it I don't, I don't know and like in the same spot too like ah, the location of the, it's uh. the decks are more a problem than anything else like you're playing a thanos deck and you're only going up against thanos decks and then you change your deck and then you're only going up against one other style it, it like you put in a brand new deck and you know you're guaranteed you know you're guaranteed you make a brand new deck you sit in here you're especially because you and i do it we're on stream we're building a deck we're talking with the chat etc you build it up you throw it on in there what's the second location that flips over district x every freaking time <laughs> so it's it's district x it's weird world or it's every now and then ego but district x almost every single time it just they know they know that's more the confirmation bias for me if they can disprove that then we'll talk, but I, I need deeper resources to figure that one out. Nice. <laughs> totally agree. Yeah, there's something, there's something about it. Yeah, I don't know. And you always queue into your into your worst matchup or, Every or time. sometimes when you make or but like when you make a new deck, sometimes like they'll they'll give you you'll just get like a bunch of wins off right off the bat and it'll like make you believe that your deck is good. Yep. And then no, 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 you were mistaken. Every time, Sandman ramp, Sandman ramp, Sandman ramp, Sandman ramp, just nonstop as you're trying to do your combo plays. But <sighs> I hear you. I hear you. But I actually, <laughs> because because I said I was excited about the Scar decks and how I've been playing, you know, Scar for the last several. What is it? Two weeks now? Yeah, just about, you know, week and a half, two weeks. Uh, Titan's exciting. Titan's the next featured location. By the time this podcast uh, goes out, it'll be the next one that pops up. And. I mean, I'm playing Sheenot, I'm playing Scar, I'm having a great time with those decks right now, and this just feeds directly into it. It's a scary location to have on the board with the current meta. I think this is going to be a very yes. rough location to not play a Kyera deck, and that encompasses everything, in my opinion. If you're playing Kyera, this is, this is going to be a good day for you. Yeah, I mean, Titan... Uh, if you don't know, Titan uh, makes six costs, uh, cost one less. So it basically automatically uh, enables the She-Hulk plus Infinite strategy on turn six, as opposed to them having to set it up with magic and limbo. Um, so I feel like that'll be a pretty, 
uh, a pretty popular deck during that hot location time. And like you said, yeah, Scar. I mean, everything everything that you were just playing, like the Morph is probably going to be really good as well still. Uh, the Scar decks are going to be popping up. I mean, just regular Thanos with Blob, like yep. doing a Blob into Taskmaster seems pretty strong to me. That's all you um, should be playing, let's be honest here. It's the only <laughs> combo you should be playing. Not even Thanos Blob, just straight up beefy blob taskmaster if you have it snap if you don't retreat just that's your whole 24 hours <laughs> sorry um yeah so i mean we have we have titan coming up that's the next hot location and then there's actually not so there's actually not a featured location next week not a not a new location as far as we see um, but it's going to be titan is a is a hot location and then after that it's going to be white hot room right which is the location where if you fill it up whoever fills up the location first uh gets plus three energy every single turn for the rest of the game. This um, is, so that, yeah. This has been here, I think, once before, because I remember the last time it was here, I decided to be really evil and just play Jean Grey and <laughs> feed into it on purpose. And then it's just a straight-up race of who has the smallest cards. And you know real quickly if you're going to be retreating or not. I was running, when I was bored, I was running Agatha Jean Grey, which is really fun if you've never done it. Um, but just standard Jean Grey decks with those move out pieces, you know, your Nightcrawlers, Jeffs, Visions, etc. It's a really solid deck, um, but otherwise, go ahead, just use your Brood. Yeah, that'll probably happen, and uh, probably a lot of bounce as well, some kind of thing yeah. like that, just to fill it up and then take it off. Um, of course, Jeff, like you were saying, Jeff is really good on that location. Just like anything that allows you to... Uh, to get that plus three energy and then move off so you have space to play other stuff there. Yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah. Whatever happened to Bounce? I feel like, you know, you of all people, because you won a tournament with Bounce. So, like, <sighs> I miss the days where Bounce was a good <laughs> deck and competitive all the time. And then they nerfed it into the ground. And now it's just like, it just, it doesn't, it can't keep up. Like, should Bounce come back? I know it's a sidebar, but like, should bounce be yeah. a healthy deck in snap? Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, it definitely was too strong the way that it, it, it used to be too strong for sure. Yeah. And, uh, the nerfs were justified, but now we have just way stronger cards coming into the mix that makes it really tough to compete. Like you said, like we have, uh, we have blob, for example, that is, uh, like that just puts out way more power than I could put out as a bounce deck. Um, mm -hmm. and like the, the big, the big hit to bounce was really the, the hit monkey going to three. Um, it made it so you just can't play nearly as many cards and you have to, you, you can't really do the same kind of setup. You have to play it a, a lot differently. So, um, yeah. I think bounce is actually still strong, like, especially with werewolf, uh, even though werewolf got changed as well. Um, and kitty got kitty fry got changed as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but the deck actually still feels pretty good. Uh, just not today it's, it's it's decent it's just tough especially with like some lockdown strategies that could be going around um i i think the deck is not bad but it's definitely different than what it used to be and uh yeah that monkey change really hurt a lot yeah agreed agreed i i think it's right now it's hysterical because it's all about big card blob you know we're in the meek uh, sorry, not me. We're in the scar. That's the card coming up. Uh, it, we're in the scar mindset where there's a lot of she not. There's a lot of, you know, big, beefy cards. Yet Shang-Chi is not performing well, even though he's in almost half of the decks at this point in Marvel Snap. It's hysterical because I, I just think of. I miss the small play meta, like I miss playing a billion cards on turn six and hoping for the best, like Sarah Miracle style play is exciting whether we're casting it or we're playing it it's incredibly exciting and I, now it's just feel like all right it's a race to the big card and who has priority yeah priority is definitely a, a big deal at the moment especially with blob and like shang chi um but speaking of small you said you wanted small cards so well we have one coming up uh next this this upcoming week here meek yeah, he's a one one. Is that small enough for you? It's know. tight. I'm I feel like I'm <laughs> the and I, I just filmed a video on Meek. And after getting some confirmation on exactly how the card is going to move and gain power and 
I don't know why more people aren't talking about this card because this card has the potential to get like to 110, 111, 112 very easily with all of the discards that happen in a, just a stand, any discard package, yet alone a Modoc package, especially. But getting Meek above rate is very, very, very easy. Like, I'm actually excited to play with this card. Yeah, so I guess let's let's talk about like how this card works here. So yeah. it's a it's a one one that after each turn, if you discarded any cards, gain plus one power for each and move. So yeah. you said you know you know how it works. So so yeah. if I discard multiple cards, is it gonna move multiple times and gain the power for each, or it's just one move and then it gains all the power for for each? Correct. Okay. So it's going to. So let's say you play a Hell Cow, right? And this was one of the confirmations that I needed to get from an answer that was from Glenn was if you play Hellcow, what happens? So it will add on the two power for each of the discarded cards, one and two, that's its registered total power intake. And then it will fly Meek to another random location out of the other two. So it's number of cards discarded in that turn is how much power it will accumulate. And then it will do one move. So they're separate okay. operations. They're not because and it's a it's amazing thinking about imagine if it was a modok play and you have craven on the board and meek is just like pew, 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 just going all over yeah. the place and craven is just ramping and just making ramping. sure yeah oh they had that and then they changed that because they said it was just too cracked so i'm like i figured yeah i i would have done it too are you kidding me we all would have been doing it it would have been <laughs> the only way to play meek right now but even still two discards in a discard package deck even if it's not a full discard deck that's incredibly easy to do yet alone if you're playing a modok deck and you're discarding four cards meek is now a one five that's pretty damn solid but there's a huge and i i super broke it down in the video too the big thing here is that it says after each turn which means dracula will not proc it because that's at the end of game which is already a new phase so dracula doesn't count as another piece of power and it will mess up your Invisible Woman because Invisible Woman is also at the end of game. So those who like to do the hiding version of like Modoc behind it, you can't do that because then Meek won't gain the power. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's actually really good information to know there, especially with the Dracula because that's obviously yeah. a staple in any kind of discard deck. Um, yeah, I think I think Meek is a pretty good card. Is it Series 4? Series four. It's only three K. Yeah. yeah, it's a cheaper card. And if you like discard in any way, honestly, I think this is actually worth the pickup just to build into that archetype. Yeah, I feel like Meek is actually very strong, um, especially because uh, in, in your typical like classic discard deck uh, that's running like the apocalypse version with the swarms and whatever. Um, I feel like you don't really have a great one cost play like it, it's it's. I usually run Sunspot in there, um, and then yeah. sometimes I'll float if I don't want to like discard something important in my hand. But uh, Meek is just—he seems like the one-cost card to play in that deck. And yeah. like you said, like you could get it pretty big, especially with Modok. Like Modok just by itself should just pump Meek up a lot. And um, also the uh, the fact that the discard decks usually don't run. Uh, they don't they don't run anything to go into another location like Jeff or Nightcrawler. So right. uh, Meek can do that for you. It can potentially move into like a Sanctum Sanctorum, which is huge. And uh, just like enables discard to just have more options and just uh, another threat on the board. Yeah. yeah, you can look at ramp plays like, the, for example, the storm combination is really, really good here. Like if you like your Storm Dracula OG style True. discard, this is great as a backup play in case if you don't have that Drac to drop on four, because then you could just fill up one of the lanes and then do a discard on six and then it should move to the other non-filled lane. So there's some location management that can happen with Meek that I think is going to be really exciting. Like I was even looking at Werewolf by Night is now going to have some options here because it can also feed into Miles Morales, who is my favorite synergy with Meek because Meek now has an extra one five card because you've got these on reveals going. 
and then you've also got these movements going and you've got these discards going like there's there's so much ramping that can happen with this like I, I built four decks just messing around with it and there are so many different ramp cards that meek feeds into and you can either throw them all together like a craven and a Mor you got morbius in there you can throw a werewolf in there meek is a ramp card all by itself like all these individual collector you can throw back in there again but you could just simplify it you could say look just throw it into a modok deck and meek is going to move one time and one time only and it's going to go up to a one six one seven and that's worth it for me like meek is a surprisingly good card in my opinion yeah he's way better than hercules for sure um that's <laughs> I, I mean martyr is let's be honest here that's saying something uh, martyr is actually kind of solid in in uh one deck but yeah. uh <laughs> yeah I, I'm, I'm excited for meek <laughs> <laughs> I, I like I like I like discard I like the discard archetype even though it can be a bit linear at times. Um, that was one of my first uh, one of my first loves in, in Marvel Snap. Uh, so excited to see it get a little more love there and uh, just like I said a consistent turn one play or just a one like a consistent one cost uh, card for the deck. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's the new card that's dropping this upcoming Tuesday. Um, but we also want to talk about the. Uh, the development roadmap for Marvel Snap as we head into the, the new year. Uh, if you didn't know, it's 2024 now. Um, and <laughs> we have, uh, yeah, the Marvel Snap dropped a an update on a developer roadmap where we have uh, a bunch of things coming soon and then a bunch in development and also in concept. So we get to see ahead of time what they are planning, what Second Dinner is planning for the future here and uh yeah i didn't want to cover everything just wanted to maybe go over what we thought was maybe the most exciting aspects of it i think the one the one that i want the most as i'm like reviewing it again yes customization is great with the card effects which i'm going to touch on a little differently too because i can finally say something out loud publicly about it because oh. it's annoying it's been annoying me that people are stupid <laughs> And I love you all. You're we are we are all the children of someone, but some of you are just stupid. Um, I think the, the the in development clan piece is the most intriguing to me because to me, clans could make or break everything in Marvel Snap. It could be incredibly toxic or it could be the best thing to come to the game yet. You know, social social communities that happen in game. If there's, for example, things like global chats, those are awful for the game. Hopefully there is no place where you can talk and recruit people for your clan into a global. Please, if you've ever been on global discord or Reddit, you know, that's that no one wants that. So hopefully something like that doesn't happen. But it does lead to how the clans are going to be built. If clans are being built based on power exclusively, which then defines rewards, we could see some toxic culture start to grow from that. I'm I've seen the good and the bad from the social aspects on a lot of these games. I have appropriate reason to be concerned because these clans should have goals that they achieve as a group and unlock things and rewards and go on quests and etc. But if it's done, for lack of a better term, in a predatory way, where it really forces you to be super active because clans are just toxic. And no, we only have 24 hours as a group and everybody has to play today and get 10 games in. And blah, blah, blah. like if it goes down that path, we're screwed. This game is absolutely screwed if that happens. I don't think Second Dinner is going to go down that path, though. But I know you've got a lot of experience in this realm as well. How do you see Marvel Snap taking a social aspect in game? Uh, yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. I, I, I do think, I mean, it's very easy to encounter toxicity on the internet for sure yep. um <laughs> especially in gaming and uh yeah when you add a social aspect into the into the mix here i mean not only like i feel like it's gonna be like people are gonna be wanting to like flex for sure like oh i'm in the top clan or like whatever yeah. and uh that could maybe lead to some kind of uh animosity from others and stuff like that like 
maybe people really like getting worked up with achieving some kind of uh whatever in the game um mm -hmm. depending on what like the rewards are as well um i i mean i could see there being like an in-game chat like in the like only only clan like a clan chat or yeah, something like that fine. i couldn't see couldn't see like anything else yeah um i it's tough because it's it's of course a, a a mobile game first so i mean you could look at these other games like clash of clans and stuff like that that obviously have clans and uh it could force you to i yeah i don't really know like they could do anything with this it's so hard to speculate um but yeah i i don't want it to be something that turns into like uh like you said like you have to like, log in and do this and do this and like a lot of people mm -hmm. i mean that's not going to be for everybody and i don't think you have to do you wouldn't have to do it anyway you could totally join like i'm sure there's gonna be casual clans and competitive clans mm -hmm. and uh hopefully people will be able to play the game still however they however they would like um but uh i think clans are just good for the game uh in the sense of that it should just add more rewards just more incentive right. for playing the game and uh create some kind of like camaraderie with others in the game yeah i think the one of the healthiest balances of what they could do with this is let's say you're in a clan no matter what the size of the clan is doesn't matter um i would prefer smaller personally i think 20 people is great because it'll actually help prevent a lot of chaos so 20 people or less yeah. you know 10 even i could live with um but i wouldn't go any lower than that obviously you want it to be a group of people not just like how many how many for your dinner reservation? Um, I think that if they do it where a clan has a week, a longer period of time to complete a certain list of achievements, like number of discard games, number of times playing Quake this week, whatever, as a group, and then they have seven days to complete said goal. And if you get the goal, you get the rewards. That's great. That should be what it primarily is. The further caveat to that, which is what allows people to then have the balance of wanting to be super active and super competitive if you want to be, but not mandatory because everybody's going to be able to unlock the same minimum achievement, whatever that is. I think then you look at, okay, how much further past that achievement did your group go? And then that gets ranked. And from those groups, you have, oh, you're in the top 10 groups that did, you know, all of the achievements, your total points or percent or whatever you want to call it is blank. Congratulations, you did great. Here's your top 10 rewards and then the 11 through 20s and then the et cetera, et cetera. And you bring it all the way down. I think if there's something along those lines, it finds that happy balance between incentivizing competitive play and uh, or more importantly, incentivizing more time in the game, which is what the game wants more than anything else is screen time. They don't care if you're competitive. They just care that you're playing the game. Let's be honest here. That's how game developers work. So I think that's how they feed into that. And then we as a community get to decide what do we want to be? Do we want to be in a casual clan or do we want to be in a high activity, log in every day, play for two hours a day plus type activity clan group thing so that's what i could see them doing 100 percent. yep um but it is in development still and we have no idea we don't really have like a lot of information on it so yeah hopefully they they take it in uh take it to a good path here but like i said anything anything could really happen with any of these things that we see on the roadmap here mm -hmm. and um but something that we do have a little more information for is the character mastery which is what yes. I am excited about personally. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm excited about multiple things, like clans as well, but yeah. uh, character mastery is, uh, if you did not know, so that's that's in the coming soon section, so I, I don't remember, do you, do you know the like breakdown on like the time frame? I think coming soon maybe is within three months. I oh, like the they... whole category? Yeah, three to six, within, within six months, ideally three for most of them. Okay. Yeah, so character mastery um is basically like giving giving you uh either like i forget exactly what it was like avatars or exclusive uh exclusive borders on your cards or, or emotes uh, just like giving you rewards for 
upgrading a specific card or playing is it playing with a card upgrade so i, I probably you, should you know have more to, information on this yeah but. i'm glad you're excited about what you know so the uh, <laughs> it, it's basically playing with a card and doing specific things with said card deadpool's a great example of it so you have to play let's say it's 100 games with deadpool all right you've mastered that you've ticked that box on the mastery achievement one or whatever they're going to call it. Right. And then get Deadpool up to over 100 power. Okay. You did that successfully with Deadpool. Great. Deadpool wins a lane all by himself. All right. Then that wins. a. It's checkmarking a whole bunch of achievements to do specifically with the character. The only thing I'm curious about is will friendly mode count? Because if so, then people can manufacture them and make those situations happen because you get boosters when you do certain game modes more than others, right? You get more in Conquest because you played more rounds and more games. So I don't think it will, but it's something I'm, I'm still keeping an eye on. I think that the idea of all of these different unique customizations, because I don't know if you noticed, they added an extra customization into the game. It's now the the little uh oh my god what's the the second dinner mascots name pug pip pub uh oh. fud fud um Bud, yeah it took me a second there i'm like had to get there carry the four add the seven um there's another there's a fourth one in fud now because there was angry there was surprised there was happy happy and now there's like a fourth one and i think that's in conjunction with what we see exactly now on the what's on the screen for the video one because they showcased it with Goose and for Wolverine there, there's four different versions of each character. So technically we could go in as far as saying we know which characters are going to have mastery also because we know the emotes that exist, at least according to data mines. I mean, I'm hoping that every character has mastery. Um, they should, I believe. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting because it's kind of like uh, you're, you're completing like these achievements and you're actually getting something for uh, completing them. Like at, I used to play Hearthstone quite a bit. That was my that was my main game that I used to stream. And they have achievements in Hearthstone, but you get just achievement points that literally mean nothing. Like you don't actually unlock anything. So it's really cool that you can actually get rewards for completing these achievements that are card specific, and it just gives you something to work towards. And that's what it all is all about just extra incentive that's what like every new a lot of new features are going to add into the game um which is what we want because like sometimes like if, you, if you're just like bored of just playing regular ladder or conquest and you're not really working towards anything maybe you're just like trying to get like medals or just like some more rank points that don't really mean anything um now you have something extra to work towards and it's just like a fun little challenge that you can just challenge yeah. yourself like if like you said if, if i need to win a uh, one location with deadpool um uh, to, to get to the next the next level of the mastery and unlock something cool for my for my deadpool like that's exciting like working yeah. towards that achievement and and getting your goal is it's always really like yeah i really really am excited for uh extra rewards uh extra like exclusive unique rewards for specific yeah. characters and everything about that is is really really looking forward to that yeah i think within that too within that mastery it will have a very large effect in my opinion on the metagame because it will diminish it because people will see this come out they'll see the one that they want you know, they'll find the variation of, ooh, I want the the uh, the little emotes, emojis, whatever, for Wolverine. Okay, I was playing She-Not for the last three weeks. I'm now going to switch to a discard deck or a destroy deck. And I think that's going to, those scalings are going to change drastically, especially in the first month. So the metagame will change because people are wanting to unlock these new features because they're free it's just play activity to unlock them you know play x amount of games get certain thing to happen like it's screen time to get the achievement and it's less time of you saying all right let me go to untapped and look at the best deck copy paste let's play it go and you're that's what you're swarmed with so i'm happy that it's going to shake things up a little bit both cosmetically as well as in the actual you know 
meta of the game on ladder. I don't see it happening necessarily in Conquest as much, but I, I, I see it more on ladder. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't really think about that. Yeah, so like exactly like if you if you complete if I if I got all my uh, masteries from my destroy deck, now I want to unlock something new. So I, now I have to switch up the deck and play something else, play some kind of other archetype, yeah. and that does just like force like probably not. It's probably not gonna change it so much, but just add a little more variety into the games, and it, it will it will add up. I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, the more and more the more people uh, are trying to get these other masteries, depending on what they are and depending on how many you can unlock. I mean, if if it takes forever to unlock like uh, a specific border with Deadpool, then maybe you'll be playing Deadpool for a long time. Like you'll be playing the yeah. Destroyer archetype for a while. But uh, yeah, depending on those factors, I think, yeah, that, that is going to definitely impact the meta in a sense. Um, probably, like you said, not in, not in Conquest and probably not in the like top 100 or like mm -hmm. the very high level uh snap but uh hmm. i mean i'm in i'm in like top 200 but i still wanna i want to get all the mastery still so i i i'm gonna throw something at you so with mastery how do you feel about this idea because i could see second dinner doing this because it's a business right i could see one of the mastery pieces be number of splits like you have to split a card 10 times before you can get to a mastery thing. If they implement that, is that feeding too much into the like pay side of, you know, you're tr we're trying to get credits, trying to upgrade your card, but then you could also just, you know, use your gold for boosters because you want, oh, I'm so close. I'm at eight splits, but I did everything else. All right, I'll just use my credit. Would that be negative? I mean, I think they already did talk about the fact that like, I think they did say that your your number of splits and your variance for cards count towards that character mastery. Okay, I'm pretty sure they did say that, but um, I don't remember that part. Hopefully, it's not. Hopefully, it's not a lot of. It doesn't yeah. weigh so <sighs> much on it, and it's not like totally necessary yeah. to unlock the very cool things, which it totally might be. Um, it does make yeah, me. Wanna... At the end of the day, it's a business, and it's a mobile game with yeah. microtransactions and. If you brought the really cool stuff, sometimes you got to pay, but you don't have to pay, but you pay to progress quicker. And that's usually how it is. So, yeah. Yeah. And something with that, too, when it comes to the splits, I wanted to revisit here from the beginning of this part of the topic, which was talking about the selectable card effects and selectable borders, because a lot of people and honestly, to me, a surprising amount of people were upset at the fact that you wouldn't be able to custom build based on how you unlocked them. So for example, if you have a card that's split multiple times and you got one golden unlock, but it's a green crackle, right? Which is a pretty good split, but just you wouldn't be able to take that green crackle and put it onto an inked version. It's connected. It's specifically to that variation. And then you can adjust that one with its border up and down. You can't bring that green crackle over and you can't bring that golden uh, background over. They are still conjoined and people were upset at that. And I don't understand why. Because, I think I know. Like, I know people want what they want. Let's be honest here. But no, well, <laughs> yes, but I, I feel like people were upset about that because of the way that it was worded when they when they uh, when they released this roadmap, because they say like selectable whatever and you could fully they they say like in the roadmap like in the in the details like you go like fully customize your cards now and i feel like it got people ex over excited over hyped for it before mm -hmm. they even knew all the information um just because of how it was worded uh but i think it makes total sense that they would not allow something like that to happen i mean that's just that yeah. just means a lot less money in their pocket a lot less times you have to split cards um that's just like yeah i like now i now yeah. I never have to split this card ever again because I have a golden and I have a crackle. So like I'm good forever. Like, exactly. There, exactly. There's no way that would happen. Exactly. And it, it to me, it doesn't make sense thinking because I'm constantly always looking at when there are decisions made in the game about, OK, this whether it's a bundle that comes out or a new game mode or whatever. I try to step back and think about it from the game developers point of view. Like what is the business getting out of this? 
because that has to be their first and their first approach is we're a business. We need to survive. How are we going to make money via activity simultaneously? Even if it's a free to play player, they have to get something out of it in some way, shape or form by feeding the whales with activity because the whales have opponents to go up against. And that's incredibly important. So they want to get these splits out there to a certain degree. But if you could literally, like you said, finish it out with just a gold background and I got my one crackle on a different split. Well, then yeah, I could just build on anything. Exactly. Yeah. If I could just build it, I'll just call it a day. I don't understand how people would think that, oh, that's what they meant. But I come from a business mindset of there's no way they were going to restrict because yeah. you've only got four backgrounds right now, right? It's prism foil. Uh, crack. Uh, yeah, prism foil inked and gold Ink and gold. Yep. You could technically get all of those within five splits. If you're really lucky, yep. you could get them all within five splits. So you got your gold background. Great. And now you're just splitting until you get the flare that you want. But think of all the color combinations and all of the different flares that are out there. There's no way they're going to restrict that down to, oh, I got my gold. OK, I just wanted to go. I don't care what the flare is. Why? So, <laughs> yeah, people uh, people always want something for nothing. And uh that's true. But too. I do I do feel like it was I do feel like their wording was a little confusing because when I was first reading it, I was like, wait, does that mean that I could just boldly customize like I could fully customize my card with every single thing that I've unlocked? Um but I also then figured like this would never happen. Like like yeah. what we were just saying, like they would never do that. And uh but people I I feel like people just got their hopes up. Yeah. And uh, that should be a lesson to you. Never get your hopes up. Always, always be prepared for the always, always expect a bunch of poop, but not out of this podcast, though. You should Ideally. always expect really good. Keep your hopes up for the podcast, though. We need, we Everything need, we else... need to get you to the glass half full mindset slowly. You know, <laughs> we'll, 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 get, we'll get you there. Expect good things, but understand when it's bad. <laughs> like expect that. They know what they're doing and they're able to survive as a business. But it's a it's it, it's obviously it's a very fair balance. So I, I with everything that's coming in the next couple of months, you know, the reactions, the infinity splits that they're talking about different albums. I think that's low key going to be more exciting for most of the community because they're talking about different size albums, different types of albums and master albums is even something that could progress into it as well like getting every single dan hip or getting a hundred dan hips for example and filling out the master album like that kind of stuff is exciting to me because it is something that you can actively progress free to play exactly. even as well so i i like that for an engagement piece um but out of everything else that i think i think will actually give real value to gameplay not just, you know, oh, this is a shinier Iron Man than your Iron Man. I don't see enough mm -hmm. people talking about the graveyard, the in-game graveyard, being able to see what was discarded and see what has been destroyed in-game for those who are not using a companion app or playing on P or playing on PC. That is that's a big deal. And it's going to make a lot more people a lot more competitive because they know, oh, wait. What was destroyed? Oh, man, how many cards this was? But wait, what was the total power? What's my null at now? All those extra pieces of information that the PC player is regularly using more often than not, because I know you're on untapped. I am as well. So, like, you know, yeah. we have more information than someone playing on mobile. Just call it what it is. I think that's a big, big deal. Uh, it is a big deal. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it's not really people aren't really talking about it, maybe because they play on p like a lot of the people that are talking on twitter and maybe commenting and on twitch are, are mainly pc players um that's totally possible like i'm that didn't really excite me when i first saw it just because like i'm always playing on pc i always have the tracker right. but you always got to think about everybody else and there's obviously way more mobile users than pc users i'm sure like there's a ton that we don't know of um yes i mean the game was literally the number one mobile game like of the year so um 
yeah, I, I'm sure this is going to be really exciting for a lot of people, and it should definitely have been in the game already. Like, I'm very surprised it wasn't. Um, it, it needs it, for sure. And uh, if there is a way to, like... I've always been wanting, like, Untapped to have, like, a, a counter for Null, like, personally. Uh, so maybe if, if, if there is a way to do that with the... Like, I guess, depending on how the graveyard works, like, if, if they actually show, like the card with the buffs as well like when it when it died on the field mm -hmm. um that could be cool and like also the graveyard thing actually is pretty relevant because um which the untapped tracker does not do um i believe is that like because the way that the graveyard works in snap is that if you get the card like if wolverine dies it doesn't go into the graveyard because it, it comes back and then if I have something that's in the graveyard, let's say I have a a squirrel in the graveyard, and I bring it back with Phoenix Force, then that squirrel is no longer in the graveyard Correct. anymore. So there are like these little uh, these little things that are maybe hard to like keep track of sometimes, and sometimes it's like, does he is this gonna come back from the graveyard? Like, is this technically in the graveyard now, or did he is it is it gone now? Like sometimes yeah. it's, it's hard to tell. So I think that that will clear up some things for. Uh, players and it might not impact the game so much all the time but it's just useful information to have and it could make the difference of a win or a loss yeah. i'll uh i'll give you some behind the scenes information too so oh. months ago uh when i was over at SnapFan, one of the things that they were working on for quite some time was trying to build exactly that was a null tracker and after looking at the game data and seeing how different cards accumulate and exactly for that reason of cards that go to the graveyard cards that stay on the battlefield cards that go back into your hand like Deadpool if you eat it with venom it was destroyed so it does take a tick here but where's the power and how much power is constantly accumulated especially when you kill certain cards repeatedly what if a card goes to the graveyard is brought back and then destroyed again all of those conditions make it next to impossible to program out exactly what a null tracker is so that way you can have it active on any platform, yet alone their own. So uh, sadly, I don't think that's ever going to happen for us, which is sad. Day. Uh, yeah, sounds we pretty have, complicated. We have, to, we have to count, you know. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Math. That's a streamer's worst nightmare. <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, exciting stuff altogether, though, coming in the future for Marvel Snap. Um, the roadmap is uh, always an exciting update to get whenever we find out new stuff. I mean, same with like series drops as well. We just got some information on that as well. But um, yeah, really cool things for the future. And uh, I mean, we also have like episode two of this podcast that's going to be coming in the future, too, which is I think they just announced that on the roadmap and then like episode three and then four and then like yeah. it's just gonna keep going so it's, it, it's there's like non-stop yeah. yeah non-stop exciting stuff happening in the marvel snap community you yeah, love to see it yeah i'm i'm oh, so glad to be doing a podcast again i'm i can't even tell you like 2024 for marvel snap especially with we didn't even talk about the funding with series b and how they just got an extra giant chunk of money into second dinner to help support their efforts on not just this game but all of their uh adventures if you will so that is that is a huge huge piece to all of this which i'll just say good on you mate like thank goodness you know this is a really solid game a really solid community i know you're all in on this game i'm all in on this game 2024 we're both looking to put out a tremendous amount of new content i'm putting out four to five youtube videos a week like this is a huge push for me i know you're doing more lives i know even with all the chaos of what the move that you're going to be going through like it's a busy busy time right now for both of us because marvel snap is incredibly active that is true um, and with that, I think it's time to wrap up the podcast and uh, episode one, put it in the books. We did it. Hope you guys. Yeah. Hope you guys liked the episode and you come back for next week's episode. We're planning on dropping these every Friday. I believe you have a yeah, Friday it'll, yet. It'll release sometime in the morning on Fridays, you know, just yeah. because we record these. We're two hours apart, so it's later for me. So I'm going to finish this recording. You're going to continue to stream. I'm going to go to bed. 
and then I'm going to edit this. Except this week. This week, I'm like, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll edit it afterwards. I'll stay up late, and then I'll get it out right away. But typically, if you're an audio or YouTube viewer of this podcast, you will be able to see it on Fridays as soon as I finish editing it on Friday mornings. But if you want to see it live when it's happening, make sure you join us on Thursday nights on D Money's Twitch channel. This is where we're going to be recording it. It's going to look better on his channel, too. This was just a quick put together for for his end. But watch on YouTube. It's a whole nother view. I've got like graphics and animations and all the cool fun stuff. It's yeah. So we're filming it on the on the D Money Twitch channel that we're posting it on. It's guest gaming YouTube channel. And we're putting it on all podcast platforms. So you have your pick of where you want to view it, where you want to listen to it. And I hope you guys do that. Yeah. Yeah. Greatly appreciate it. D-Money, for those who do not know, who are seeing you for the first time ever, for some weird reason on my YouTube channel or on this podcast channel, where can they find you? Uh, I live on Long Island, so you could come here. Oh, you meant on on Smart ass. (laughs) um yeah i uh stream at twitch.tv slash d money and uh i post uh d money snap that's my youtube and uh yeah that's about it that's where you could yeah you're pretty you're you're easy to find just d money look for it pretty much everywhere including on on twitter x twitter whatever you want to call it you know your d money brand you know specifically you got to add that you know highlighting in there but yeah there's a lot of people that try to be d money but I am the real D money. Okay. You're the official, the OG D money. And for those who do not know myself, if you're seeing me here on the live stream for the first time, hi, I'm guest also known as it's guest gaming. I'm a full-time content creator as well for Marvel snap Been doing it for just about a year now. And I stream live on Twitch Mondays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, bright and early. And then at the occasional happy hour on Friday. Uh, but otherwise, you could find a whole bunch of YouTube content. Everything is under the same name. It's guest gaming. Just search that everywhere. You'll find it. But I'm only really active on Twitch, YouTube and Twitter more often than anything else. All right. Yeah. Um, is this yeah, supposed to be an I, outro? Well, this we, is where we just did, say did we do that did, did we do the outro already or did i don't we, know this is this is it I right think we, i think we just end it here all right yeah that works we're done me. all right that's it goodbye <laughs>